0: Hello and welcome to the Berlin Limited Podcast. In this episode, author of the
1: acclaimed Rebecca Connolly thriller series, Douglas Skelton, discusses his latest novel, A Rattle of Bones, with The Daily Record's Jane Hamilton.
0: So Douglas, can you just give us a quick summary of A Rattle of Bones?
1: (laughs) This is always the hard question. (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've got to search my memory to, find, to remember what it was all about. You've got to remember, since I wrote this, this was written last year during lockdown, I've written another two books since, uh, so try, trying to remember uh, all of this. So forgive me if, if I start to hum and haw and, and get flustered. A Rattle of Bones, it's the third book in the Rebecca Connolly series, uh, following on from Thunder Bay and The Blood is Still. Rebecca Uh is now working for a news agency, a small news agency based in uh, Inverness, which means she covers uh, most of the the Western and Central Highlands and the Highlands and Islands, which is handy from from a storytelling point of view for me. Uh And uh, this one uh, concerns a possible miscarriage of justice. Uh, A young man called James Stewart was uh, convicted for the murder of his lover, who happened to be uh, a fairly high-ranking um, political mover, not necessarily a politician, but he was the kind of man that would be uh, in the background and, and pulling strings, an influencer, if you like, um, and that happened 10 years before. Now, it also harks back to over 250 years ago when another James Stewart, James of the Glens, was wrongly convicted for the murder of Colin Campbell, the man that Robert Louis Stevenson named the Red Fox. And mm-hmm. James, James, James of the Glens was executed quite quite horrifically, really, uh, on a small mound above Bamahulish. And the, the story actually starts there 250 years ago, uh, uh-huh. with, with his remains still hanging on the gibbet. And that echoes uh, through the years to the case that Rebecca is investigating. At the same time, uh, she is being stalked by a particularly nasty individual uh, who has taken exception to a story that named his son a court story. Now, Rebecca didn't write the story because she was involved in the case that it refers to, but uh-huh. it did come from the agency, and he is, he's uh, really quite irked by this. Now, Jane, you know this happens, um, this, this sort of thing. I've exaggerated it a bit, but certainly we do. You know, I can remember working in weeklies, that quite often, the the, the 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 stories that really annoyed people uh, were court stories, especially if if their name or somebody one of their loved ones' names popped up in it, and quite often had to deal with so many people at the at the front desk just complaining and just saying that you didn't have the right to name this that person or that person. We did have the right. It was a matter of public record. They were in court, and Rebecca tries, you know, to explain that, but the guy's not having it. What complicates it is that Mo Burke, who readers were introduced to in The Blood is Still, holds a grudge against Rebecca for what happened uh, during Uh the course of that story. And she has egged this guy, Martin Bailey, on to take some sort of revenge. So she's going for revenge by proxy. Uh, So Martin Bailey is is a nasty bit of work and starts to to, to stalk Rebecca through the story.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Don't give away too much of your plot. Um,
1: no. <laughs> I think you... I think that's all on the back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you've been your last few boots, you've been mixing um, history and modern. Uh, yeah. what, what's the influence for that? I mean, is that is historical crimes in Scotland something that that interests you? You know, obviously most of us will know about. The app and murder um, yeah. is that something that's uh, you know something that interests you personally
1: very much. When I was doing the, uh, the nonfiction, as you, as you know, I started off doing more modern uh, cases, uh-huh. uh, but as as the the, the series and it was it was a series I suppose moved on. I I I, I started to go further back in, into history because I became far more interested. In, crimes past, and I mean really past than crimes present. Um so um the the last few books uh of nonfiction that I wrote, they were predominantly historical crimes uh-huh. that I was dealing with. Um including Indian Peter, uh, which is a book that I'm particularly proud of, because although that was more an adventure story and, and and everything else, there was a crime at its heart and that this this guy Peter Williamson was kidnapped from the from the from Aberdeen and sold into indentured servitude in the American colonies and it was his story that I told uh-huh. um, I, And then I did the history of the Edinburgh Tollbooth, which is the town jail. I did a, a, a history of Glasgow's underworld from the 18 from 1800 onwards. so I, w- I was always much more interested in that. So when once I'd done the David McCall books, the Dominic Quest books, my uh, brief sojourn in New York with the Janus run, uh, I thought, what can I do next? And I thought, how can I mix my interest in historical crime and also mythology with with uh, thrillers? And basically, that, that's how the, the, the basic idea of the Rebecca Connolly books came.
0: You've not given Rebecca an easy time. Um, she seems to be a bit of a... <laughs> you've, you've been a bit on counter, I think, sometimes. Um, why is that giving you more leeway with her in terms of character development you know um do you have it set in your head where she's going like leaving the newspaper and going to a news agency um you know both of us have been journalists so we know that it's you know standard to come from a news agency and go to a newspaper but obviously rebecca's got her reasons for moving yeah Um, does that give you more leeway with her
1: it does. It does. I mean, does. Um, I mean the, the, in the first two books, she was working for a, a fictional uh, weekly newspaper in, in Inverness in the West Highlands, uh-huh. um, and she was very disenchanted with the way that the the industry was going. So um, I couldn't keep that up forever. You know, it couldn't, I couldn't. You know, I couldn't, in all conscience, keep banging and you know slagging off the industry as as I was doing in the first two, essentially. Um, so it, it just came to me. I thought, well, I can I can get her out of there and give her uh-huh. more scope. I mean, I, I couldn't have every book where she was fighting with an editor in order to go out and do a story. <laughs> so yeah, It would become very, very dull. Um, so I thought that's it, you know, it, and, and it was just, I hadn't planned it. It was just, I don't plan anything, really. It was just something that occurred to me as I came to the end of writing The Bloody Still that I could move her away from it and open yeah. up this new world but as for giving her a hard time yeah i think you, you know your characters do have to go through a, a fair bit of of uh, turmoil um i mean there's an old adage and i'll probably get this wrong that you, you know you you get your character up a tree and then you start sawing the branch off behind them um and rebecca's been through a lot. Uh, even before Thunder Bay started, she'd been through a lot. She had the death of yeah. her father. She suffered a, a miscarriage. Um, she was disenchanted with with her work, um, and then you know other things have happened to her through Thunder Bay, through the Blood is Still. So yeah, she, she's getting older. She is growing as the books um, uh-huh. progress, and there's 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 further progression. In, in A Rattle of Bones as well uh, by the end of it that she she has come through certain things and has to face certain things uh, so that when we go into the fourth one again she's grown a bit she, she'll have changed a bit uh-huh.
0: Yeah I mean there's been a definite um, maturity there um, from Thunder Bay to Rattle of Bones I don't want to give away too much but what was your own previous career as a, a journalist, the, the inspiration behind Rebecca? Yeah,
1: I, I, obviously, because I, I, I spent so many years, um, and, you know, I'm only 32. <coughs> um, I spent so many years in the, the newspaper industry that there was a certain amount of knowledge, but of course, it's changed beyond all recognition. Uh, even from when I was in, and I only left what's this, 20, 21, six, six years ago, it's, yeah. it's changed so much since then, uh, and it, it it transformed while I was there. So a lot of 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 the disenchantment that I had uh, sort of was was funneled into the books, uh, uh-huh. a lot of the things that I've I've seen since uh, was also funneled into the books. So, yeah, it, it, did influence. it did influence me quite a bit. And, it, you know, having spent all those years, it, was, it would be a shame just to let it, you know, go. I thought, I have this knowledge, why not use it?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> is she going to be moving into the, uh, the digital world anytime soon? <laughs> well,
1: you, 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 you never know. Um, I don't know. Uh, I know she doesn't do it in book four. Uh, to an extent she does, to an extent she is, because she uses that. Um, you know, in the news agency, and she she punts the stories to 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 the dailies, to to whatever outlets are, and they then stick it out on onto the web. So that is recorded there that she's you know she's aware that uh, in fact even in the blood is still she was aware of that to, to get a story out on the, the the newspaper's website, trying to beat the BBC, trying to beat the big boys and getting this out there. So she yeah. did actually do it.
0: The theme in the book, obviously, is miscarriage of justice and you've got personal experience of that um, with your work on the ice cream wars can you just um, for anybody that's not familiar can you just explain for them what it is that you did um, on the ice cream wars because you were a key part of the campaign to free Thomas Campbell and Joe Steele and then you ended up writing a book about it. So can you just talk us through that, your role in the uh the ice cream wars?
1: Game? Yeah, well the, the book, the book actually came first. Um oh, I,
0: right. Sorry. Okay. I, I,
1: I was uh I, I was doing my I was writing my first book, The The Blood and the Thistle, and uh-huh. the the publisher asked could you do a chapter on uh the ice cream wars? And I said yes, no problem. So I started to read up on it and I thought I better go and see. Uh, Thomas Campbell's solicitor, who had been quoted in the newspapers, um, uh-huh. t- to see what he says. So John Carroll uh, was the solicitor's name, and he agreed to see me, and I had a chat with him. And he, th- he asked me. He said, "No," he said, "Tell me again what you're going to do." And I said, "It's a chapter in a book. It's a compendium of Scottish uh, uh, cases, uh, blah blah blah." And he said, "Oh," he said, "You'll never do this in a chapter." And I said, oh, of course I will, with all the arrogance of of, of a journalist." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And he said, no, no, come with me. And he took me down a corridor in his office and into this room. And it wasn't a huge office, but it was just like a, it was like a small office, no windows. It had a desk. Uh-huh. It, there was a filing cabinet. And all around the walls, there was files and papers piled from floor to ceiling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he waved at that. And he said, that's the Thomas Campbell file. And I said, what, the whole thing? He said, yes, the whole thing. This room is the Thomas Campbell file room. She said, if you want to do this properly, you will go through every bit of paper there and draw your own conclusions about it. So wow. the challenge was thrown at me. I perhaps uh, stupidly, perhaps wisely uh, mm-hmm. accepted. I realized that I couldn't do this on my own. And I was talking to my friend, Lisa Brownley who was a, a journalist as well she was with the daily record at the time i think uh-huh. and um I've he- you've heard of that paper i take it um and it's i asked her i said "Do you want to come on board i think it will take two of us to do this and she agreed now i i, I had a selfish reason for this because i knew i i, I was a features writer although I, I worked in weekly newspapers i was a mm-hmm. features writer i was kind of soft lisa was you know had a harder news sense than i did and i needed her news sense with this uh-huh. um, so we started to go through it and we the book was the end result of what we did we i think we researched it for about six months or something like that uh-huh. and the book came out uh, and it, 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 it more. I'm not saying it, it started the, the campaign but the campaign I suppose were kind of moribund there was nothing much that could be done Thomas Campbell was in the special unit uh, in Berlin he had already staged what we would call hunger strikes but he just called them demanding the rights of an untried prisoner because he insisted that he didn't get a fair trial yep. uh, So, and one of those rights is that the, an untried prisoner gets to eat food that, that they prepare or their family bring them Mm-hmm. Um, and Joseph Steele had staged one protest uh, by that time. He had climbed out the window of his mother's house when he was on a home visit and protested on the roof. So the book came out, and there was a huge amount of publicity, uh, as you would expect, because it was a massive case. Uh, six six uh, people in one family, including an 18-month-old child, died as the result of a fire. It was quite horrific, quite a dreadful, dreadful crime. Uh-huh. Um, in 1984. Uh, so when the book came out, there was a huge amount of publicity. And um, the campaign picked up pace, and I stayed with it for the next six, seven, eight years, something like that, until the men were finally cleared on appeal, which I think was 2001, 2000. Right. Um, so, the, uh, so the book came out in 1992. So I was with it uh, from 1992 to, to, to the appeal. So the other thing about, you know, what I write, um, particularly fiction, is that I'm informed by everything that I learned during that period. And also when I was doing, I, I became a kind of investigator for Glasgow solicitors, including John Carroll. Mm-hmm. So that involved taking recognitions, which is, is, was at that time part of the process. Of the defense because the the ground didn't hand over the prosecution statements or the police statements the the defense solicitors had to hire somebody like me to go out and interview the witnesses and take the police statements when you think about it it's, it's pretty ludicrous but that was the way it was then uh, but also because the solicitors that i worked for especially john carroll really went into their cases I had to do some investigation. So it ended up, you know, I'd be out in the streets of of East End uh, schemes and, you know, late at night banging doors and trying to find witnesses and talking to people and doing all sorts of things. So what I learned during that, those years, has informed just about everything that I've written since, from the Davy McCall books right up to Rebecca Connell. So it was was invaluable uh, when I learned.
0: Yeah. You just took my next question out of my (laughs) mind. (laughs) <laughs> well well talking. my
1: my work here is done
0: so all the things that you've learned in your um your career as a journalist and as an investigator for the solitaire does that <laughs> filter into your novels but you just cancelled that well sentiment. I'm glad you
1: asked that Jane because <laughs> no, no very much very much so I mean it's a it, it really was an eye-opener Um, so much so that I'm now very very cynical about all sorts of things I mean you know Uh even even I'm afraid our profession uh, I've seen so much bad journalism Um, it's just horrendous um, what what I saw during that time and how things could be twisted and how things could be taken the wrong way Um, it was just incredible but yes, a, a huge amount of of, uh, of background information uh, that that just got logged away uh, mm. that, that I that I do still draw on.
0: Speaking of um, investigations and where she ends up, I was quite uh, I'd quite like to know about the location because you've made up I think about three in this book. Uh, In in Um, fact, you're probably going to laugh at me because I'm not quite sure how it's pronounced. Is it Killing the Capital? Is that how? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Right. Okay. So, what's the, is that you writing about places in Scotland that you love but you don't want to? Yeah.
1: Anyway, I I started this, I started this with Thunder Bay uh, when I, I, I made up an island. I invented an island, and there was a good reason for that, because I needed to control everything about that island, and to use a real one would mean that I, I couldn't do that. And uh-huh. it's the same reason, you know, why I, I, I invented or or Kilna on how you, you want to pronounce it, mm-hmm. um, is that I wanted to control what it was. And I've, I've, I've lifted places from here, you know, features from here and there, and just put them together, the same as I did with the island of Sturham for Thunder Bay. Uh-huh. And in The Blood is Still, I invented an area in Inverness because, again, I wanted to be able to, to do things that would be an insult to, to existing areas. So, you know, I needed to have this place that, that was a kind of hellhole. Um, so I, I, I invented in Shveri, um, and it in and placed it, you know, where I wanted it to be. So I mean I do all these things you know for a reason, but yes, it's also so that I don't upset anybody who might live in a real place because I'm having you know things happening in these areas that they, they you know you they really wouldn't want to have to happen next door to them.
0: Yeah. What's uh, you said that you you've written three books, two books since you've written this one? Yeah, two. So what what are they? Can you tell us anything about them? Or... Well,
1: one one is the fourth um, Rebecca Connolly, which at the moment is called uh, Where Demons Hide, but these things can change, um, and that that won't be out till next year, uh, but it's 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 written. I, I've done my bit. Uh, there's a whole process to go through be- before you know readers get to see it, uh, and the other one is something that I've written on spec, just because I wanted to. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a, it's a departure, it's, a, it's something different for me. I always like to do something different. Um, you know, during, in the fiction, you know, I, I moved from the, the the grit and the darkness of the Davy McCall books to hmm. the kind of fantastical thrillers of Dominic Quest, lighthearted, wisecracking, to a chase thriller in New York with the Janus run, and then to the Rebecca Connolly books, which are set in Inverness and the Highlands and the Islands and has a 20-something mm-hmm. uh, woman as a protagonist. Um, so I always like to give myself challenges and this thing that I've written on spec is yet another challenge just to see if I can pull it off. Whether it'll see the light of day, I don't know. Uh, hopefully it will, because I'm actually quite proud of it. I think, you know, I, I quite like it. I don't often say that. Mm-hmm. What I, um... I would say what it is, just in case it never sees the light of day.
0: Can I ask, out of you know your the characters that you've created, do you have a
1: favourite? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not really. Some are easier to write than others. Uh, David, I do have a fondness for Davy McCall, um, uh-huh. but he was difficult to write because everything with Davy was internal, and you know, so. It, He didn't say a lot, and I like to write dialogue. So Dominic Quest was a completely different character. He just ran off at the mouth all the time. Uh Um, And Rebecca, obviously, because she is so out with uh, my field of expertise, because you know I am not a twenty-something young woman. Um, I don't know if anybody's noticed that, but. So, you know, I, you know I, I'm always careful of what I do, because it's so easily for, for a man to, to, to do that badly. And I hope I've not done it badly. I hope I've done it justice. Mm-hmm. Quite often, it's, it's small characters that I like to, to write. Um, there's a scene in A Rattle of Bones, or a chapter, when a character goes to, to visit a, 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 a man called Mount Hector. And... It was just a chapter that i thoroughly enjoyed writing and i think it actually comes across <laughs> that for some reason I, I, it was just something that i was enjoying to write um yeah. so it's I, I, I like them all you have to like all your characters i think i don't think there's any characters that i particularly dislike i mean you dislike the characters that you're supposed to dislike but you know there are no characters that i thought oh, God, i've got to write about this character um, yeah. I, I, you know, they are all, you know, out of my mind. So, you know, I, I, there must be something about them that I appreciate.
0: I think final question is what um, Scottish crime sellers are on the app. You know, they're really popular. What makes it? What makes it
1: so unique? Can you do? You, you know, over the years I've been asked this and. I never have an answer. I don't know. I'm not so sure that they are that unique. I think there's a there's a certain uniqueness to to the voice of it and because of the background, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, I, I think the bulk of the stories that we write could be picked up and set anywhere else. Uh, this, you know, the storylines are universal. We've all got the same problems, you know, with, with drugs, with, with violence um, yeah. of, of various types um, and, and crime. So if you take the basic plot lines, you could put them anywhere else. So what makes Scottish crime unique? It has to be the voice, it has to be the tone. It has to be, and, and the best of it, the humour as well. Because, you know, the Scots have a very, very distinctive sense of humour. They share mm-hmm. that, I think, with, with New Yorkers in a lot of ways. Certainly, Glaswegian humour is very like New York humour. Um, but, you know, the outlook uh, is, is perhaps unique. And th- this sense of Celtic darkness that I think permeates the best of it. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know. We just write what we write. That's the thing. Uh, I've never sat down to analyse why or, or what it is that's, that's different, and I can never come up with a proper answer.
0: I um I always think that it's a lot of it is because, um, particularly um, to native Scots, that it, it's authentic and it's relatable um, because we know the places. <clears throat> that, you know, you're speaking about, we know some of the, you know, <clears throat> like in the uh, A Rattle of Bones, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find any any person that doesn't know about the Athen murder. So, um, you know, so we know about, I think that's what it is. I think it's the fact that it, it's relatable and it takes, It's particularly for this book, you know, it takes in a bit of our history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I think, you know, that makes it an authentic
1: voy. Yeah, that, that's, what that's, appeals, what... that's what appeals to Scots. But what makes, you know, what I mean, Scottish crime has traversed the world in, in a lot of ways. What makes it appealing to to somebody in, in well, let's just say in England? Because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people down there by by the, you know, <clears throat> the big sellers. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know good stories, well told, I don't care, that's, that's, I mean, I actually don't care where uh, a book is set, uh, as long as that setting comes to life, as mm-hmm. long as a good story, well told, as long as the characters breathe for me, uh, and the, the, the storyline is interesting, that if they're going to be talking about something uh, in that country, let's say Scotland, that they actually get it right. Um and uh, you know because quite often people do get it wrong uh they, they forget that we have a completely different um legal system up here that we have yeah. a different approach to things up here and i think that's that also that's what makes us more interesting that was one of the reasons i did thunder bay i wanted to to talk about the not proven verdict i, I couldn't mm-hmm. think i'm sure there are uh, so before anybody writes in or whatever to, 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 to Bill or Polygon and say, of course there are books, but I couldn't yeah. think of any uh, crime novel that dealt with the not proven verdict um, no. at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think so you're... that was one of the things I wanted to do because that kind of sets us apart, you know, mm. and, and, you know, the, the, when I did the You the Jury uh, courtroom drama with the Faculty of Advocates, Uh Uh, That was another thing that attracted me because people had huge misconceptions um, as to what happens in a Scottish courtroom and the way things go. And Mm -hmm. it was absolutely fascinating to work with these people on that project and to see taking the sort of the basic raw materials that I gave them and then turn it into this compelling piece of drama. Uh, and, it, and it really was, and I'd, I'd love for us to be, we were supposed to do it, I think, three times again last year, but everything went by the board, thanks to you know what. And um, so, I mean, I, it would be nice if we could get back to doing that, because it's an absolutely fascinating uh, project. And, and, you know, the, the advocates and the courtroom staff and the, the forensic scientists who, who all did incredible work on that. Um, yeah. it's, it's absolutely brilliant to watch them in, in action. A Rattle of Bones is available now in your local bookshop or on the Berlin website at berlin.co.uk. You can keep up to date with all our latest news and releases by signing up to our newsletter or following us on social media.